0: Is the Productize Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Brian Castle, and I really appreciate you coming back if this is not your first time, but if it is your first time, welcome. Got a really jam packed interview today talking with Moitza Mars, all about social media, but more specifically talking about Facebook and Facebook ads funnels. We really dig into the weeds there, especially near the end, but we spend a bulk of the interview covering how she's built her social media consulting business and how she was able to find even more focus from being a generalist, like a social media management generalist, into someone focusing on Facebook ads where there is more value, better clients, better budgets, and that sort of thing. So we talked all about that. Also, Moita is based in Slovenia. So we We spent a bit of time talking about her experience building an audience and networks and inroads in the U.S. where most, I think, all of her clients are based. And so we talked about how she was able to to initially build up that audience and those connections and find her very first paying clients coming from uh, overseas and basically starting from nothing in terms of an audience and inroads and really very quickly was able to build up a client base and really build a a thriving business. I think she's been self-employed now for over five years, and we talked about that journey. So uh, yeah, just a lot of really good tips, especially near the end as we dive into Facebook ads funnels, what's working today, how to use retargeting, how to get into webinars, uh, some strategies around ad image design, using videos in Facebook ads, really covered a whole lot. You're not going to want to miss this one. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Moinsa Mars. Enjoy. I'm here with Marza Mars. Marta, how's it going?
1: Uh, pretty good. I'm excited to do this.
0: Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I know you and I have met at some conferences in the past, and we've kind of talked in different Slack groups and email. So, yeah, it's really cool. Actually, you, you reached out to me recently. I was talking in my email newsletter about some Facebook ads, and you reached out offering some suggestions and tips there, and I really appreciated that. And, I mean, you are the expert when it comes to social media, but more specifically, Facebook ads these days. So we're definitely going to get into all of that. But you know, why don't we start out? Tell us about Super Spicy Media and what you're doing there.
1: Yeah, so I founded Superspicymedia.com after losing my job after actually getting fired from uh, the advertising agency I previously worked at. Uh, It was a pretty nasty situation. Uh, we got along pretty well, but then Facebook's at that time, Facebook was pretty new and people started picking it up. Um, everyone was working with Facebook and our clients were asking about Facebook. So I tried to push, uh, the agency in that direction, doing more digital marketing, not, not as traditional one as we did before. What year was that? Uh, well, It was five years ago, maybe even more. It was just the era when Facebook advertising was, you know, uh, really starting to kick off. Uh, I think it was five years ago. I'm not even sure, (laughs) but maybe six. Uh, Anyway,
0: time flies.
1: Yeah, I tried to push them in in a different direction, but they just didn't want to move in there. And they said that. Facebook is just, uh, something that will fall apart in one year time and they didn't believe in Facebook and that was okay. But then just things started, you know, going downhill from there. And, uh, I started actually working with a friend of mine. I started helping his business with Facebook ads. He had an e-commerce business, uh, sold food supplements. And, uh, the, when we started doing Facebook ads, it was, first of all, everything was new, but it was so incredibly effective that we just couldn't ignore it. And we kept investing in Facebook ads. And that's, Pretty much how I started my business. I saw the potential. Uh, I got fired from an agency, and I said I never want to work for anyone ever again. And founded <laughs> Super spicy and just took it from there.
0: <laughs> That's usually how it happens. And you know, whenever anybody tells me like, "Oh, I just lost my job," and thinking about doing my own thing, I just say congratulations on getting laid off or getting fired, because I mean, it's just the best step forward to become self-employed and then figure that out. So you've been. <laughs> Out on your own, what, over five or six years now, right? Like building this up.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Congratulations on that. So actually, something interested me when you reached out to me recently, you know, that was about Facebook ads. And I didn't really realize that you were kind of specializing in that. I mean, I knew you as a social media expert, uh, maybe more broadly. And I think you've, you've done some talks around that and, and things like that. So like, were you always this focused on Facebook ads or, and, and like when I look at super spicy media, I see, some about Facebook ads, but it seems more general. Like how do you, where do you, actually, let me ask you this. Like, what do most people know you for generally?
1: Now that I made the switch to Facebook ads, they know me for being a Facebook ads expert, but I only made that switch about a year ago. Previously, I was a social media manager. So I did Facebook, both aspects. So the organic strategy, like managing a Facebook page and the paid advertising side. So Facebook ads. So I did Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, A little bit of LinkedIn, but then I gave up on LinkedIn because I didn't know how to use it properly and didn't generate any good results with it. But uh, yeah, previously I was just doing social media in general, social media strategy development in general, but only a year or so ago, it kind of naturally progressed into Facebook ads. More and more clients came my way asking about Facebook ads. I was doing, I was working with Facebook ads pretty much all the time. I had maybe um, 90% of my clients were just Facebook ads oriented. We weren't doing any organic strategy with them, just the Facebook ads aspect. And that's when I decided that I'm not going to be like a general social media manager and consultant, but I'm going only to focus on Facebook ads and that's it. And that has been like, I think one year ago right now.
0: Yeah, very cool. So it's interesting because, you know, there are so many just general all purpose social media managers out there, social media experts, but I think like very few of them make the switch that you did, you know, getting into the paid ads and Facebook ads side of it. And I think that it makes a lot of sense to go that way because in my view, I wouldn't consider myself any sort of expert when it comes to social. I mean, I've been using them personally and a little bit in business for years, but it's not my main thing basically. So my view on it is, if you're investing in Facebook ads and hiring someone, someone to manage your Facebook ads, you're more of a growth oriented company. You're actively trying to reach more new people. Whereas I feel like with just organic social media, like to hire a social media manager, like you, you either already have a huge social following and you just need someone to kind of manage that and, and push out content. But then it's really just something that you do in conjunction with creating content or doing some sort of outreach and you know, like, Whereas Facebook ads, it's it's about building more exposure.
1: I think having a Facebook page is more of a passive approach. It's more of a maintaining your social media presence where Facebook ads is doing actively something about growing your business. So actively growing your business with Facebook ads. And you can definitely grow your business and um, increase your clientele and uh, grow your audience with Facebook page. So the organic presence, but it does take a longer time to generate some tangible results. And there are to to be honest, there are never really tangible because you never know where people are coming from and, and so on. So when I made a switch to Facebook ads, things just started picking up and I was able to provide some fantastic results we were achieving with facebook ads and only facebook ads and they were tangible we have seen like how many leads we are getting in through facebook what are those leads doing are they quality leads or not so much and uh, yeah it was definitely better
0: so again i'm going to come back to all that and, and the transition and how you've become more focused and everything but first i wanted to kind of touch on your location you know so you're based in Slovenia. And that's where you're coming from right now. And so I know it's kind of like the evening for you. Thank you for for making the time. But I'm just curious about how that works for you just generally in business. I mean, where are most of your clients based? Where are the people that you work with? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so all of my clients are from United States. Uh, I do not work with local clients anymore. That said, I did start with the local clients because I had no connections from the United States, nothing. I had no one to reach out to and say, and ask for a referral or anything like that. So I started very small locally, but always kind of had this idea. And I was always after international clientele, especially United States. It was a market that really attracted me.
0: What were your first steps to get your first US-based clients?
1: Um, so the first thing I actually did is I, when I created my webpage, it was all in English. I never wrote anything in my native language. It was everything English. My newsletters were in English language, website, Twitter profile, Facebook page. I never wrote Slovenian. I actually got a, quite a few hateful comments when I started out. Because my, my local audience was asking, why am I writing in English language? But, you know, my goal was to get international clientele. And I couldn't achieve that with writing in my native language.
0: Is that common? Like, to, uh, And I'm, you know, being from the US here, like, I don't necessarily see that. But is that common for local businesses abroad, whether they're in Europe or anywhere? Like the local markets there is? do, do they get turned off when they're clearly marketing themselves to English-speaking countries?
1: Uh, Some of them, uh, some of them do. But on the other side, you have businesses who are more attracted to you because they are aware that you want something bigger and you are after something bigger and a bigger market. And um, yeah,
0: especially if they are as well.
1: Exactly, exactly. So you have like two sides here. And I actually stumbled upon like the first side where people were very, very hateful. uh, And they didn't understand that. But uh, it actually paid off really, really well. Because when I started writing in English language, and I my whole Twitter profile was in English. That's when I started getting international inquiries from the United States and Germany and so on. So people came on my webpage, they saw all of these articles written in English, nothing in Slovenian, and uh, that's how the conversations actually started going on.
0: Do most people even know where you're
1: based? Uh, I don't think so, because all of my clients, or even when I hop on calls, people ask, the first question is, where are you based? Or no, the first, <laughs> the first question actually is, how is your name pronounced? And the second question is, where am I based? <laughs>
0: which is what I asked you before this call.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone does. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, cool. So, I mean, I know that there are, uh, you know, quite a few international folks listening to this. So, I mean, other than, you know, putting out your, your site and your social media and everything in, in English, were there any other, like, steps to build inroads and get contacts and, and networks in the United States or in other parts of the world?
1: Yeah, I ha- I had a couple of strategies that I worked on. The first strategy was, Searching for people on Twitter that are in need of Facebook ads help, not like they they weren't looking for Facebook ads managers, but they just had questions about Facebook ads or just social media in general, because, you know, back then I was, I was a generalist, (laughs) So they were, they were looking for, they they had tons of questions on how to grow their Facebook audience. uh, Why this isn't working on Twitter? Why is Instagram having this? And I looked actively for people like that and engaged with them on a regular basis. So I went to search.twitter.com and input some keywords and looked for those people. And when I found them, I just tried to solve the problem that they had. I did not. I wasn't after the sale. I just wanted to build my network and my relationships. And I actually got my, one of my, a few first clients from that approach, using that approach. So reaching out to people on Twitter.
0: So, So you were like searching for people, like, how did you know that they were business owners? They're kind of asking like marketing questions about Twitter. Is that that sort of thing?
1: Uh, yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah. So for example, how to grow their Facebook page, because they usually had uh, business Facebook pages, but I wasn't really to be completely honest. I wasn't after specifically after business owners. I just wanted to help people and spread the word about super spicy media. And even if, you know, I wasn't talking to a business owner, at least some people will stumble upon my Twitter profile and see all the help that, uh, all all the advice that I'm giving out to random people on Twitter. And they could kind of get a sense of what super spicy media is all about and how I can help them. Even if they are just random people stumbling upon my profile on Twitter.
0: Hmm, Interesting. Yeah, cool. And then, I mean, I know that you've, You've invested in coming to the U.S., going to conferences and things like that. Is, is that something that you do pretty regularly these days?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually do. Um, I had a goal of speaking at some conferences and I wanted to reach out to people, but thankfully <laughs> I didn't need to because I was invited to conferences. But actually like the first time I went to the United States was for a speaking gig I did, what, I think two years ago where we've met on W financing conference. Yeah, that was my first ever trip to the United States and it was for a speaking gig that I had. So that was truly exciting. And how I actually, how that uh, actually ended up happening is uh, one of the strategies that I had was connecting on Twitter with some of the influencers. And one of those, this is a story I really love. (laughs) One of those influencers was actually Brennan. So I followed him. I think my fiance actually kind of, um, showed Brandon to me and said, you know, this is the guy you should be following, read his material and so on. And I actually followed him on Twitter. Uh, Whenever I had something to say, when he tweeted something, I just replied to his tweets. Uh, I kind of engaged with him on a regular basis. So at one point, he just visited superspicymedia.com because he was interested in what, you know, I always in his newsfeed and uh, he didn't know who I was. So he checked my website, he followed me, and then at a certain point, he said that he was looking for a Facebook ads help and if I can help him. And then he invited me to speak at his conference. And that's when I started growing my network even faster and all the good things started happening.
0: Yeah, you know, it's awesome because, like, there, there's so many, there's so so much advice out there like oh just engage just get on people's radar you know just connect with them on twitter and facebook and i mean i'm definitely one of those people who looks at that advice and and i'm like okay yeah i mean i guess that makes sense but what am i going to do sit around every day just tweeting and facebook messaging people like like how is that a strategy to or the way that i think about it and i think a lot of people do is like how is that a system how can i build this into a system like Are you thinking in those terms? And and like, I know that it's worked really well for you and you've been able to build this network. And I mean, I just, I mean, we've talked a few times, but I've seen your name way more times just come up in circles that we're both in and communities and just online different places. And I don't know, can you speak to that advice at all? And like anything, any tips to make networking, I don't know, easier when it comes to social?
1: So when I started with this strategy, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I just figured I'm going to follow a bunch of people. And then I followed Brennan and um, I wanted to see who Brennan is engaging with. And from Brennan, for example, I found Amy Hoy. I saw he engaged with her many times, followed her, and then just kind of I spread my net around a little bit and engage with those people. And what I actually did is I scheduled time for Twitter every day. Um So every day for 30 minutes or 60 minutes, because I was really investing a lot in Twitter those days for 60 minutes. I went on Twitter and I scrolled down my newsfeed and actively thought of, you know, who I can engage with today. Do I have something to say with this topic that is just going on around on Twitter? So I try to actively engage with people. um, But really back at that time, I didn't know what I was doing. But right now, my advice would definitely be follow the first influencer and then see who that influencer is following and just spread your net around actively engage with people. And those people who do react after a certain amount of time, for example, after one month or two months, it's definitely a time investment, but those people who do react invest a little bit more into those relationships, maybe hop on a call, offer some advice, Just you work in that direction.
0: Yeah, just kind of be willing to give advice freely, especially when you know that you're able to help and you're able to, you know, help someone move it along. And like, I really love the tip of of actually scheduling in time for this, Um, you know, because I usually see things like Slack groups and Twitter and Facebook as distractions throughout my day that I want to keep myself off of those sites. But if you intentionally say, okay, from four to 430 on Tuesdays, that's when I do this work. Um, it is work and it actually does bring an ROI. I mean, just uh, about a month ago, something that's just been on my to-do for like years is is to get more engaged in Quora and just find a couple of really relevant questions to my business and go in and spend some time and write like a really thoughtful answer. And I put that on my to-do for a week and I spent like an hour going in there. I think I went in and I wrote answers to like just three really popular questions. And then just a week ago, we got a new a new paying client who said they came through from seeing my answer on Quora. So wow. it's like, you know, I, I, that was just like one hour of my time that like maybe that I'm just typing answers into the internet that will go nowhere. But, you know, that does bring a stream of traffic and potential leads for the business. So
1: exactly. And you have to think of it as work, not, not as, I mean, it is fun, but it shouldn't be something you do just for fun. But always keep in mind that it is actually work. And what def, definitely one advice that I would have is whenever I engage with people on Twitter or on LinkedIn or anywhere else, I didn't try to sell them something so on my mind, there wasn't like the next sale that I have to do or what I should offer to them, what kind of service, what kind of product. But what I wanted to do is build genuine relationship, similar to what you did on Quora. So you wanted to help people genuinely, not thinking of the next sale. And I think that that is what differentiates good consultants from the ones that are just, you know, plain old marketers trying to sell the next big thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell me about Super Spicy and kind of like the story of how this started. So so you left your job and you started out as like a social media manager consultant. What did it look like in your very first few months or first year or so?
1: It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was absolutely terrible for the first few months because I had absolutely no clients. I mean, the the clients that I worked with, when I was working for the advertising agency, those were the agency's clients. I couldn't like contact them and say, you know what, want to work with me?
0: (laughs) Get fired and you steal their whole client list. Couldn't do that.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So I actually started from zero, from scratch. And um, the first day what I actually did is (laughs) I went home. Wrote a long blog post explaining to how I got fired and how I hated the agency and how they did everything wrong. Got a lot of emails from people agreeing with me and saying, you know, you rock. This is amazing. Then I drank two glasses of wine and went to sleep. I took the weekend off and on Monday I started working. So Monday, I decided, okay, I need to get my first few clients. How am I going to do that? And I said to myself, if I don't find my first clients within one month, I'm going to just go and work for someone else, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I really hope I find those clients.
0: So you pulled out this blog post. It's like kind of personal, giving the story, but also sharing your mind about social media and like the best practices that your agency wasn't doing. You're newly self-employed, right? So I assume you didn't have much of a personal following at that time.
1: Uh, no, I had a couple of hundred followers on Twitter, but that was about it.
0: So how did you get that first exposure? Like, did you just kind of tweet it out? Like, did you drop it into forums? How did you get that article in front of
1: people? It was interesting. I tweeted it out. And because it was kind of controversial, it got retweeted so many times and just landed on people's news feeds and they all read it and started emailing me. So I, I think I use like a very catchy um, headline, I'm not really sure what it was, but it had something to do with me getting fired. So just pretty straight to the point. And people were really interested in that. You know, this girl got fired. Uh, What does she have to say about that? So people started clicking, retweeting, and it went all over the place.
0: So then what were those first few clients? Like, what kind of
1: work were you doing for them? So actually, it was more of a Facebook page strategy. I got my first clients with cold emailing. Like I said, I focused on local business, gave myself a deadline, said I need my, I need a couple of clients until that deadline. And I sent out 100 emails in the first two days and I got, I think I got like three, no, I got five replies and two of them were no's and three of them were kind of yeses. And I scheduled meetings with those prospects and I actually landed, I think my first two or three clients, I'm not completely sure, from uh, from those meetings actually. And I, I did general Facebook strategies. So I developed their strategy, the posts, the visuals, I designed the images and scheduled them out and then improved based on the analytics that we were getting in and just kind of started rolling from there. So like the,
0: the hundred people that you targeted and maybe just generally and when you started out in terms of the types of businesses that you were looking to work with, what types of businesses were they? Were they e-commerce or local physical shops and like, who were you working with?
1: So they were mostly e-commerce and uh, a fantastic question actually, because I found them via another strategy that I developed. So I went over to Facebook, uh, just facebook.com and scrolled down my newsfeed and i searched for companies local companies that are advertising and are not getting any likes on their ads their images are really bad They're, they don't have any strategy they have a very low following and i just created a list of 100 of those companies uh, looked for their contacts and reached out to them
0: wow so then like where where did you go from there like you're, so you're basically managing their facebook strategy early on but you didn't really get into ads yet this was a few years back. Yeah, like take us through like the next few years. Like, Did you just kind of continue to focus on Facebook or were you branching out into Twitter, LinkedIn, other things?
1: Uh, I did focus on Facebook, but I also did Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and a little bit of LinkedIn, although I didn't receive any, didn't generate any fantastic results with LinkedIn. So I just, you know, ignored it from there on.
0: Back then, like what is a typical social media management project or engagement look like are they just paying you a monthly retainer and you're posting x things to their social media or like what does that look like
1: uh, yeah, uh, I was on a monthly retainer, uh, which did not, if we did any advertising, that monthly retainer did not include any advertising costs. So it was a fixed monthly fee and that was it. I basically told them, you know what, I'm going to take care of uh, your Facebook strategy. Uh, you can expect roughly this amount of posts every week that will differ based on the engagement we're getting and the strategy that we have currently, but this is what you can expect. and yes or no, buy, don't buy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And so a business comes to you and they basically have nothing like they don't have their own content. They don't have a blog. They do have some products. Mm -hmm. Like how do you generate content for their Facebook?
1: Um, I advised them back then what to write on the blog, but pretty much I worked with what I had or if i didn't had any materials we jumped on a meeting i re- the difference between me and between other social media managers back then was other social media managers just did something they did not ask questions they did not ask their clients questions whatever they, they just did what they had to do and that was it what i did differently was I had a very long meeting when we started out with my client, getting to know their business, getting to know their target audience. What are they struggling with? Uh, What is their target audience struggling with? So really getting into those nitty gritty details and then developing a strategy on top of that. So uh, I really wanted to get their business, uh, I wanted to get to know their business in detail before developing anything and before coming up with content. And once you ask the right questions, the content pretty much just comes to you. You don't need to think of it too much. You know exactly what to post and what will resonate with their target audience.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty similar to what we do, you know, with audience options. Initially, during the onboarding, researching a, a customer, interviewing them about their customers, figuring out their pain points and then i mean we use that to actually build longer blog articles and lead magnets and stuff but like when you're doing social media whether it's facebook posts tweets pinterest posts what actually goes into the content like is it just kind of making comments posting questions about those topics curating other people's content
1: so back then when I was working, something completely different really worked with Facebook. So it was posing questions. That was a really big hit because we always got like a ton of engagement and uh, people started talking and people started in- engaging with our posts. We increased likes dramatically overnight with just organically posting a question, asking them something and they engage with it. And that was back then. Today, when I advise people on their Facebook page strategy, I also advise them to Whenever they post something, it should fall into one of the three categories. The first category is value. The second category or pillar, as I call it, is personality. And the third one is promotion. So value is when you help something, uh, when you help your audience with something. For example, with my business, this is Facebook ads. Whenever Facebook updates uh, something in their advertising system, I tell my audience, I talked to my audience on how much to spend for Facebook, what ads to develop, how the advertising funnel should look like. So that's value. The second is personality. Uh, If you're a small business owner, a personality should play a very big part in your social media strategy because it's what differentiates you from your competitors. It makes you different and it lets you connect with your target audience on a more personal and better level.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's like, I mean, there are so many brands out there that kind of hide behind their logo in a way, but, you know, people want to buy from people.
1: Yeah, and this was actually my strategy from the start. As soon as I noticed that people are actually engaging with me more when I share something personal or from a personal perspective, that's when the light bulb kind of came on and I said, okay, I should work in this direction. And that's when I changed my profile image on Facebook from my logo type to my face. And I did everything on a more personal level and I started getting more inquiries. And I always say that my goal is for a business owner, not to say I need a Facebook ads manager, but I want someone to say, get me Moitza, get me her, because I have been following her. I know who she is. I know how she operates. I don't want just any Facebook ads consultant. I want her.
0: Very cool. All right. So value, personality, what was the third one? Uh,
1: The third one was promotion. So promotion should definitely be a part of every social media strategy, Facebook ad strategy, Facebook page strategy, Instagram strategy, but it should be the least present. You shouldn't do a lot of hard pitches on social media because social media is social. (laughs) People come there to socialize, to get some value, to get something for following you, for liking your Facebook page. You should definitely do promotion because it's what kind of gets things moving in the right direction because you let people know what you offer, what kind of products you sell, but you shouldn't do hard pitching all the time because people don't come to buy on Facebook directly, but they come to get the value and Just kind of get to know you a little bit better. So once the time comes to actually pitch them something, you can do that and generate a much higher ROI if you invest in personality and the value aspect of it than just promotion.
0: Right, so they've already seen your stuff around, they've engaged with you before. At that point, it makes sense to present them with something like a logical next step, like I've taught you these best practices, this is the best way to implement it. You could hire my company or use my product, something like that.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Very cool. So let's get into Facebook ads a little bit. I'm certainly interested to hear what's kind of working with Facebook ads and the strategies and things that you do for clients. But I I also want to know more about your story of of how you've focused from doing that general social media management stuff for clients into becoming focused on Facebook ads. Like, how did that transition happen?
1: Um, First, I started getting more and more inquiries about Facebook ads, specifically Facebook ads, not the general Facebook page strategy and Twitter strategy. And that's. When I decided that I'm going to focus on Facebook ads only, I did a few webinars on Facebook ads just to get that recognition for being a Facebook ads expert, not just general social media strategist.
0: Had you been doing Facebook ads like for your own business at that point?
1: Oh yeah, I, I actually was. And I was doing Facebook ads with a few businesses before, but I also did like a ton of other stuff for them, like Instagram strategy and Pinterest. And I did a lot of Facebook ads for my business because this is like the... I have my own account, my Facebook ads account, and I do all of the experiments there. So whenever I want to like devise a new funnel or do something differently, I first test it with my own money and see if it works, if this is something worth pursuing with my clients as well. And if it works, that's when I start implementing it uh, to my clients' businesses and so on.
0: So you started getting inquiries about Facebook ads. I I guess that's partly because of your following and your network and the brand that you've been building. But I think it's probably also because of Facebook ads is becoming just bigger and bigger. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I'd imagine that a client who's looking to outsource or hire somebody for their Facebook ads, they seem to me like they would be a a bigger, like a growing company, higher budget. Did that play into the idea of maybe I should focus on those clients rather than the general social media?
1: Absolutely. And especially because... (laughs) I, to be honest, I always hated the question uh, whenever I did the Facebook page strategy, the, my prospects asked me, what's the ROI of my Facebook page? How am I going to know if this works, if this doesn't work? And it was very hard for me to explain them that this is an investment. They need to be present. This is a strategy that we're working on. It will produce results, but they will not be tangible. I couldn't like draw a line from what we're doing to the exact results that we are seeing with our Facebook page. And it I got really frustrated with that, but I also got very good with Facebook ads because I was using them for my business very successfully. And that's when I just started slowly transitioning to Facebook ads. And then in the span of, I think it was like two, three months after doing a lot of webinars and a lot of conferences and talks on Facebook ads, I got like three big clients for Facebook ads. Like ConvertKit was one of them. And then ClockShark, another SaaS company was one of them. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to switch to Facebook ads completely. I had one client who I was working with on a Facebook page strategy and uh, we finished the project because I really wanted to focus on Facebook ads. And that was kind of the, really the transition that I've had. So just deciding, you know, I'm going to do Facebook ads and making everything Facebook ads related from there on.
0: All right. Before we get into like the Facebook ad funnels and everything, what then does a engagement look like to have you or typically a a Facebook ad expert and maybe how you're different, like what's the cost involved? Like, do you work on a percentage basis or is it a flat fee? And how does the investment in the ad spend work? Like, how does that all break down?
1: Yeah. So another interesting story, let me back up. Um, I've been following a few Facebook ads consultants and managers who manage Facebook ads for clients and they do all those percentages. Some of them do like the percentage. So they have a, a certain percentage of their fee is just um, flat fee. And then on top of that, they charge a client based on the percentage they spend for the ads on Facebook. To be honest, it is simple, but for me, I'm just, you know, from my point of view, I'm overcomplicating my life. Uh, And I never wanted a client to say, I don't want to invest more in Facebook ads because I know that on top of that investment, there is a percentage that goes to Moitza and to super spicy media. And what I wanted to give them was just the opportunity to increase and decrease their investments, however they see fit. And especially based on my recommendation. So I never wanted them to say, oh my God, we're going to increase our investment by 30%. And on top of that, another so-and-so percent goes to Moitza. So wanted to give them like the free path to choose however they're going to to invest in their Facebook ads.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the, like the incentives aren't really, they don't make sense when it's a percentage-based thing. And, and I mean, as someone who hired consultants from time to time, that always tended to make me hesitate to buy is, is when it's a, a percentage-based thing
1: they always got left with a bitter taste it's like, okay, it does sound good. Your offerings are good. Your packages are fantastic. But when I decide that I want to invest more, you know, there is a certain percentage that I need to give you. So I wanted to get rid of that and really make it simple for them to decide. And just to me, for me to handle my business. So I have a flat fee Advertising costs are not included in their fee. I advise them on how much to invest. We make that decision together based on the results that we're getting. But yeah.
0: Is there like a minimum ad spend or or does that depend on the type of business they are? What does that look
1: like? I don't have like a minimum spend for clients, but I do work with clients who generally spend 10 K plus on Facebook ads per month. And the clients that I work on regularly on a day to day basis, I develop their strategy for them, uh, their ads, copy visuals and so on. But I do get some clients that don't have the budget but want to work with me, especially on developing their funnel. And I have a productized service for that. So I come on board for one month or two months. If I need two months, it's the kind of business that needs two months of my work. And I work with them. I develop a funnel for them, a Facebook advertising funnel. So how we will onboard people and lead them through a lead magnet and then uh, promote their services or whatnot. And it's when we develop that funnel and when that funnel is running successfully, I just conclude the project and move to a next client.
0: Obviously, prices may change at any time. Are you able to share prices for the like the productized service or any of it?
1: Absolutely. The productized service, I think it's currently at $1,500. So advertising costs, again, not included. And uh, if you're willing to work with me on a regular basis, so... I take over your complete Facebook advertising strategy. It starts with twenty three hundred dollars per month, and again, advertising costs not included.
0: Got it. it and that makes sense to have a productized services like that because I know that just getting up and running, if you've been doing no Facebook ads and you don't really have a funnel in place, like there's a lot of legwork that needs to be done. Exactly. Obviously, developing the content assets, but then also setting up the ads, setting up the targeting, the retargeting, all all that kind of stuff. What differs in terms of your workload, like month one versus the subsequent months?
1: With the productized service?
0: I guess either way. Do you have clients who start with a productized service and then roll into your month-to-month?
1: Yeah, I actually do. But we usually – yeah. You know what? Yeah, I do. I change my productized services all the time. I previously had a productized service called Super Spicy Sessions. I still actually do where I take care – I actually analyze your Facebook page – And, uh, you know, tell you what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right and create a strategy for you. I still actually have that. And a lot of those clients do become my regular clients. Also the newly product uh, service that I developed for Facebook ads that I just mentioned with the $1,500 price point. Um, Also, clients that come on through that productized service do become my regular clients at some point, at least a certain percentage of them. We implement a funnel together. They take care of it. They see that it is working. And at certain point, it just becomes too overwhelming. Also, Facebook keeps on developing new stuff and launching new features. And they just can't keep up with it because they have other business to attend to. So they just call me up. They know how I'm operating. And we just continue from there.
0: Very cool. So Facebook ads funnels. I think this is something that everyone is just trying to get nailed down. I know that I certainly am. I'm I'm running some ads right now. I think they're kind of working (laughs) maybe. And, you know, just trying to add to that. So I'm I'm just looking to pick your brain here. Like what's kind of working in terms of Facebook ads funnel, or I guess a new client comes to you. They haven't really built anything before. What's kind of like your default go-to strategy before you get very like experimental?
1: Uh, Lead magnet. (laughs) So the number one mistake a lot of businesses do is they think, okay, I'm paying Facebook to advertise on my behalf. I'm advertising on Facebook. I'm giving them money. So I should get something in exchange for that, something directly, a direct ROI. And what they do is they implement a campaign, promoting their services, promoting their product to a cold audience. And it doesn't work. They say Facebook sucks and just go away and never come to Facebook again this is like the wrongest approach that you can have when it comes to Facebook ads. And whenever a new client comes to me and if they haven't done anything with Facebook ads, the first thing we do is we implement a Facebook pixel to their webpage. So we are able to track anyone who visits their webpage and we can retarget them later.
0: Yeah, I mean, for anybody listening, even if you don't plan on spending on Facebook ads tomorrow, just get the pixel installed so that you have that data built up
1: it's such a lost opportunity for businesses that have seen a lot of traffic, but they don't have the Facebook pixel implemented. So like you said, even if you're not planning to invest on Facebook in Facebook ads anytime soon, you should. But even though you're not planning to do implement that Facebook pixel, because it will come in handy later on when you decide that now you're going to start with Facebook ads.
0: So the lead magnet, like what type of lead magnet tends to work best? Like, are you doing an ebook or an email course or a cheat sheet? What what does that look like?
1: We usually A-B test different lead magnets with clients. Uh, I've had clients that we advertise the email course with them. And then a couple of clients, we did webinars and a couple of clients we have an ebook. And then with a couple of clients, we have checklists. It usually varies, but we've seen most success with webinars. They are fantastic. People are always looking for value on Facebook. Whenever they stumble upon something valuable and something, uh, I don't know, a a webinar on how to build a funnel for your Facebook ads, that seems to work very, very well. And then like small PDF, uh, short PDF cheat sheets, checklists, uh, and whatnot. So things like that really, really work.
0: So uh, like for those lead magnets, are you sending like retargeting traffic? So people who've been to the site before to those lead magnets or just cold targeting interests traffic?
1: We mostly do retargeting because it works better and it's very, very affordable. (laughs) So you can get those leads for like the, usually it's $4 or less. If you're doing cold audiences You might have success with it. And I know I've seen some success with cold audiences as well right now,
0: but it's much harder.
1: Definitely a lot, lot harder, especially when you start out, when you're not completely sure who to target with your Facebook ads, you're doing like the interest targeting and putting all those interests in there and trying to figure out demographics and you're not sure what to target it will cost you a lot more than just doing retargeting.
0: And that was kind of my big aha moment recently, you know, running different Facebook ads tests is retargeting traffic definitely gets more engagement with lead magnets and especially webinar. Like I found webinars, it's actually an even higher hurdle for them to get into it if they have no idea who we are. But if they're on our email list already, then chances are they will come into a webinar and you know you can promote that with emails through like drip campaigns along with retargeting ads um, but the top of funnel to completely cold audiences what i found recently is just sending that to just a free article and then once they get to the article that pixels them that then they can get into a retargeting but you're also getting them into your email list with content upgrades and that sort of stuff
1: exactly and this is the strategy that i usually take with all of my clients and it really 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 works
0: very cool. So let's see, uh, what else in terms of Facebook funnels? So a, a new advertiser, they have, let's say, a $10,000 budget. How are they going to split that up between investing in retargeting and investing in... Or so retargeting to lead magnets like webinars and cheat sheets and, and email courses and stuff versus just cold traffic?
1: Uh, It really... This is, this is a hard question for me to answer because it really depends on the type of business that I'm working with on their target audience. For example, I currently work with one client that we do cold traffic and like sharing value with that cold traffic. But what we are like 90% of our budget goes towards retargeting. It's just because it's much more affordable and we can get leads for a lot less than usual Uh, and then with another client we don't have so he doesn't have a large audience to retarget to uh, but what we've really nailed down is the target his target audience so we did a bunch of ab tests on which target audience is going to react to our facebook ads the most and right now like the split between retargeting and just doing cold outreach is 50/50 so it really depends on what's currently working for you and what i advise for people to do is to run some AB tests. So for example, if you're launching a lead magnet campaign, you don't have a lot of people to retarget to maybe create one ad set for just, you know, retargeting people, retargeting your website visitors and another ad set doing just the cold interest targeting. So reaching out to cold audiences that you target based on the interest that they have and just seeing what works best for your business.
0: Very cool. And um, how do you design an ad? Like, what's kind of some best practices there? I know you have the image, of course, and we want to be mindful of, you know, 20% or less text on there. But so what are some best practices in terms of the ad image itself, and then the text that you put at the top and the text that you put at the bottom? Any thoughts on that?
1: So whenever you design an image, you should design something that talks to the audience you're targeting. So for example, one client we target with one campaign, we target HVAC business owners, So we have like the air conditioning in the background and like people that are frustrated with their air conditioning and so on. And that really works because when people see that image, it kind of pops out because they relate to it immediately.
0: Like photos of people tend to do pretty well versus just like
1: graphics. Exactly. Exactly. And what we usually also do is even though like the Facebook has the 20% rule, although, uh, did you know they they got rid of that rule just recently? Oh really? Yeah. You can put more text on the image, but they will penalize you with lowering your reach a little bit. But since we're talking about that with a client of mine, I'm, I'm running a few campaigns where we actually target when we're trying to get them on a free trial signup, we're actually retargeting people who have visited our webpage in the last five days. And we have testimonials for visuals. So we have a picture of a person who's giving a testimonial and like a long testimonial on the image. It's more than 20%. It's like probably around 60% uh, text on the image, but it truly, truly works. So we don't mind that we have lower reach because we have a lot of text on the image because once people see that image they instantly click on it and instantly sign up because they see a testimonial on there.
0: Got it, they have the social proof.
1: Exactly. So you should always experiment, even when Facebook says we're going to lower your reach because you have more than 80% on, uh, text on your image, you should experiment with it because it might just work. So with that testimonial campaign, it really works. Uh, and I did that with a couple of my clients and it always worked. Like I just ignore that rule from now on.
0: Have you done much with, uh, with like video ads?
1: Oh yeah, I did. And, uh, oh, love video ads, (laughs) something people should definitely invest into, even if it's not a professionally recorded video with a professional sound and professional camera and professional editing.
0: It could probably even do better if it's like, if it looks amateur, if it looks like a person with a webcam, you know?
1: Yeah. And people tend to forget about that. People love seeing a very genuine and natural video because it's just more personal and they connect with it on a different level than if you have a professionally made video. So I uh, really recommend it. And right now, I mean, we have the technology, all of the videos that I record are recorded with my iPhone and it makes fantastic videos. So you, there are absolutely no excuses to why you shouldn't do that.
0: Yeah, very cool. I I mean, I'm trying to get into doing just some general YouTube content now and getting that out there. But in terms of Facebook ads with video, how would you use a video ad? Like, would you use it to like as like business owner introducing a lead magnet or what would they do on a video?
1: Oh, you can do everything with video and it will work 90% of the time I did multiple stuff. So, um, with clients, we do testimonials. So whenever someone visits our service page or the free trial signup page and they don't convert, we retarget them with a video testimonial. So just a person talking about how they love the software or the service or the business, and people react to it in the most positive way. Uh, we got uh, we decreased the cost per free trial sign up with one client for more than 50% with just using a video testimonial instead of using an image of a testimonial. And it was a it was an amateur video recorded probably I think it was like two years ago, but it worked <laughs> like magic. That is one thing that really works. Another is inviting people to a webinar, just shooting a 30-second video, inviting people to a webinar, or like you said, introducing a lead magnet. Or another thing that I did was I actually created a personal video uh, showing how I surprised my fiance uh, with, um, he's obsessed with French macarons. (laughs) And uh, I bought 108 French macarons for his birthday and surprised him with it. I run the ad, the video ad. It was a very personal video, but I run the ad. People connected to me. They saw like how I am. And then I retargeted them with a lead magnet that I have. And they converted like crazy. So I retargeted all of the people that engaged with the video and kind of nudged them towards signing up for the lead magnet. And it worked.
0: Yeah. So again, like that funnel is like put something interesting or entertaining out there first just to get the views or, or the engagement And then retarget those people who engaged with it with an offer for not to buy something, but a lead magnet that then later leads into a sale.
1: Exactly. And people will remember you in a second. Once they see the ad for Lead Magnet, they will immediately know who you are, what you did. Oh my God, she's that girl that recorded that video for the 108 macarons she bought. Uh, and they click on it and they usually even sign up because, I mean, it's it's first of all, it's entertainment at the beginning and then I offer something of value and it, it just works.
0: Very cool. Well, I can go on and on trying to pick your brain here about Facebook ads, but I, I think we'll... Uh... I think we'll wrap it up here, but you know, Moita, thank you so much for just so much value in this conversation. I know people are going to probably go back and take notes, so uh, really appreciate it. Obviously, uh, superspicymedia.com is your site. Like, where else can people connect with you?
1: Uh, So, superspicymedia.com is one thing. Then I have a free email course on Facebook ads. Uh, They can find on superspicymedia.com/slash/fb ads. And I'm a very chatty person. <laughs> so if they hit me up on Twitter at Moitza Mars, I would be more than happy to chat. Or if they have any questions regarding Facebook ads, I'm also available on email uh, at Moitza at superspecmedia.com. Like I said, very, very happy to chat.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Moitza.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, before you go, have you checked out my YouTube channel yet? I've been posting short videos where I answer questions that come in from readers of my newsletter. you got a question that you want me to answer. It could be about business, entrepreneurship, productizing, life, whatever. Hit reply on any of the emails that I sent you recently, and I'll add it to the queue. What's up? You're not on my newsletter yet? Well, get on it. Head over to my site, castjam.com. That's where you'll find it. Okay, until next time. See ya.